Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Jesus loves us enough 
enough to talk straight to us. Love is able to give tough advice. It doesn't hedge around the truth. Jesus doesn't hedge around the truth. He gets straight to the heart of the point. And he loves us enough to challenge those things in our lives that need challenging. You know, you often hear parents talk about the importance of tough love. And uh, as a parent, uh, you know, if you are a parent, you know there are times when because you love your children, because you so love your children, that you withhold certain things from them that they desperately want <laughs> or, or think that they desperately need. I know there are some kids here with us this morning. Kids, just listen up for one second. Some teenagers as well. I'm sure that you've all had the experience of asking your parents for something you really want and they have said no. Who's had that experience? I think there's a few enthusiastic hands there. No, you can't stay up later. You have to go to bed. No, you can't have an iPhone. No, you can't have a boyfriend. No, you can't have a girlfriend. No, you can't watch that movie. No, you can't have Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram or whatever the latest version of those things is. How many of you kids have heard that kind of thing from your parents? Wow, again, some enthusiastic hands. Have you tried saying, uh, well, that's not fair? Or have you tried saying, well, but mum and dad, everyone else in my class is allowed to do these things. Just a bit of a tip, those lines are probably not going to work. It's quite hard for you to understand what uh, you need to understand, that is, that until you're an adult yourself, generally speaking, the reason your parents say no to things is because they love you. Sometimes they say no because they're grumpy. <laughs> Kids, who has parents who are grumpy sometimes? Put it down. Just going to write some of those names out the meeting. <laughs> Generally, they say those things because they love you. They do love you. And so the boundaries they put around you are there for your benefit, for your protection for your well-being, their boundaries of love, and whether you appreciate it or not, your parents know more than you do, and they understand the dangers and the consequences that you can't see. They love you, and they want to help you to live your life wisely. Well, as we focused on in our worship this morning, we have a Heavenly Father. He's our Father. He's our Heavenly Parent. When it comes to our faith in God, our Heavenly Father, because of His great love for us, because of his love, Amen. he doesn't say yes to everything that we ask for. He loves you. Amen. God loves you. Yes. There aren't too many single words in the Bible that sum up uh, God's very nature. There are some. You know, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is, God is great. God is sovereign. Certainly one of those words, those single words that comes to mind is love. God is love. Amen. In his very nature he is love. So it's not that sometimes he is loving and acts in a loving way and then other times he's not feeling so loving so he doesn't act in a loving way. No, not at all. That's what we're like. That's how we are. But God is love in his very nature. Which means that everything that he does is an expression of his love. Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and he loved him. In that moment, he always had loved him and always would love him. 
But in that moment, we see that he looked at him and he loved him. He immediately knew that there were things in this man's life that he was so attached to, so consumed by, that they bound him up. Jesus so loved him that he longed for him to be free from those things. Free from that attachment. Be able to let them go. And in the end, if you know the story, we see that he was unable to separate himself from those things. And so he walked away from that conversation sad. I bet Jesus also was sad. He walked away sad. This morning, if you're a person who worries endlessly about your health or your money, superannuation, or your kids, or your future, let me tell you this morning, Jesus looks at you and he loves you. Amen. He loves you. And he wants you to be free from your attachment to that worry and to those things. Now as followers of Jesus, we're, we very easily fall into this trap of thinking that the Christian life is all about behaviour modification. You know, stop doing the wrong things and start doing the right things, as if that's really what salvation is all about. But the story of the rich young ruler reminds us that the gospel is not about behaviour modification, it's about radical transformation. It's important we bear that in mind as we read our passage this morning because the temptation is to think, well, right, if I just try harder to be more loving, then maybe I'll be acceptable to God. But that's not the gospel. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are in Christ. You are a new creation. The new has come. We are made new in Christ in the one who is love personified. We are being formed by the Holy Spirit into that image of love. This is the work of God in us. The work of the Holy Spirit, this is God's purpose. To form us into that image of love that is Christ. And here in 1 Corinthians, we have just the most beautiful, most succinct summary in the Bible of what the love of Jesus looks like as it's worked out in your life. So let's have a look at that text for this morning. Familiar, isn't it? Let's uh, not allow our familiarity to um, cause us to lose sight of the depth of the meaning of these words. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Amen. Amen. I wrestled with that passage this week and um, thought, well, how do, you, how do you preach that? How do you kind of sum that up? Well, uh, I'm doing it this way, as the love of Christ is being formed within me, what this passage reveals is two things I will, eight things I won't, and four things I'll always. So I'm just going to look through those and just comment on each of them. So the first two things I will be are patient and kind. And so here we have a passive, if you like, and an active expression of love. The old King James translation for patient was suffereth long. <laughs> this is what love does. It suffereth long. It 
It puts up with a whole lot before it jumps in. Love waits. Love listens. Love is slow to jump in with its opinion. That's the passive aspect of love. And then the active corresponding aspect is what Kathy was sharing with us last week. Kindness, or what we might describe as active goodness. I like that. Active goodness. Love is always on the lookout for active, intentional opportunities to bless someone else. What a wonderful outlook on life that is. So as the love of Christ is being formed in me, what I'll find is that these things will become evident in my day-to-day -day life and in my relationships. Not because I'm just trying, striving to try harder, but because the love, the work of the Spirit, the love of Christ is being formed in me. And so I'll find I'm actually, I'm being more patient with people. This is what's happening as I submit my life to God. And I'm discovering a, a, a newfound kindness that's welling up within me. I just want to bless people. I want to buy flowers for that person. I want to pop in with a casserole for this person. I want to be kind, do kind things for people. Not because I want people to think well of me, but because there's something going on in the work of the Spirit. And then we have this rapid-fire list of things that because I have the love of Christ within me, I won't be, or I won't do. One, I won't envy others. You know, where the love of Christ sets the atmosphere, you find no sense of rivalry, no sense of comparing what I have to what others have. Why? Because I'm content yes. with what the Lord has given me. Because He's given me Himself. Yes. I'm content. And so I don't have any need to appear better or to appear wealthier or to appear more successful than someone else. And when I come across people who are all of those things, I'm genuinely happy for them. Yeah. Well, good on them. Good on you. Look at all that stuff you've got. No, I'm like, genuinely. <laughs> That's awesome. As for me, I'm content. Yes, amen. I'm content. I don't compare because I'm Christ. Number two, I won't boast. And this is a, a quite a, a rare Greek word, actually. In fact, it's the only time you'll find this particular Greek word in the whole of the New Testament. Essentially, it means I won't be a windbag. <laughs> Do you want that? Love never puffs itself up. So again, because the love of Christ is in me, I won't ever feel the need to draw attention to my own achievements or to important influential people that I might know. That whole name-dropping thing. Don't you love what people are saying? No. But easy to do, isn't it? The, the, what, the Prime Minister? Oh yes, well actually I know him. I've, uh, I've met him a few times. Personal friend of mine. What, why are you saying that? <laughs> well, casually mentioning an impressive past achievement of mine. Oh, well, actually, you might have noticed but I was once upon a time. Again, why are you saying that? <laughs> Throw away lines that come from a place of insecurity, but again, because the love of Christ is in me, I am secure. Yes, amen. I'm secure in that. I don't need to make reference to those other things, those other people. I don't need to name drop them. I don't need to bolster up my own sense of importance by some past incredible achievement that I've accomplished. 
I'm secure. I'm secure in Christ and I will boast in Christ alone, Amen. not in my influential connections. Number three, I won't be proud. This one has a sense of arrogance about it. Arrogance is a fairly ugly character trait, isn't it? Arrogance is uh, described by one commentator as inflated self-importance. It stands in strong contrast to genuine humility as defined by love. Love is genuine humility. Arrogance is inflated self-importance. And what that means is that arrogance is devoid of love and love is devoid of arrogance. The two are actually mutually exclusive. They can't exist together. Number four, I won't be rude. I won't dishonor anyone. Love doesn't behave shamefully or disgracefully. And it doesn't, listen to this, it doesn't ever humiliate others. Amen. Never. The reason is, with the love of Christ within me, I readily recognize the image of God in every other human being. And so I automatically treat all people with respect, regardless of their position or walk of life. Number five, I won't be self-seeking. We find ourselves in uh, a culture that's obsessed with self-discovery, and so I seemingly have to find myself and find my identity and find my purpose and discover who I am. Uh, those things are not altogether unimportant, but at times uh, we need a gentle reminder, don't we? A timely reminder that love, in its very nature, is more concerned with discovering and pursuing the well-being of others, not self. The welfare of a neighbour or of a friend, even an enemy. That's the nature of love. Number six, I won't be easily angered. This one's linked to patience. Love, you know, is not prone to unpredictable, violent outbursts of anger. We all have them from time to time. But love is not consistent with those. Love, in its very nature, is slow to anger. You know, when God revealed himself to Moses, that was one of the lines, wasn't it? Slow to anger and abounding in love. Seven. We're whipping through these, aren't we? I know some of you were nervous when I said eight. Goodness, it's going a long message. Fear not. Seven, I won't keep any record of wrongs. Once something is forgiven, it's left behind, and we move on. Love doesn't ever hold on to a grudge about anything. Even if it seems like a valid grudge, love doesn't hold on to a grudge or bring up people's past mistakes. When you're in an argument with your spouse, how tempting it is to bring up that thing that we were talking about before last time. You've done this before. Love doesn't do that. 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us that at the cross, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. Amen. Amen. Not counting people's sins against them. So as I have the love of Christ within me, neither will I count people's sins against them. And number eight, last one, I won't delight in evil. You know when someone you don't particularly like falls flat on their face or makes a fool of themselves, it's easy isn't it, to take a little bit of delight in that, just even privately. <laughs> Fell flat on their face. See, they deserve that. They got what they deserve. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't 
doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices in truth and takes delight in things that are inherently good. So again, as I'm being formed into the image of Christ, those are the eight things I won't do. And then finally, there are four things that I'll always do. I will always protect, always trust, always hope, always persevere. These four things form what in the Bible is known as a chiasm. If you've ever studied the scriptures in detail, you know um, the Psalms in particular are full of chiasms. Uh, here's a, it's a slightly literary, literary form that you see in the scriptures. And uh, there's a diagram that um, I've asked Becky to create here, which uh, illustrates the way that these words apply to the present and to the future in this chiastic way. Living in the love of Christ in the present, I will protect those around me. This is what I'll do because I have love in me. I'll protect always. I'll protect those around me. And I'll always persevere through difficult times. And as I cast my mind to the future, I won't fear because love casts out all fear. And so in relation to the future, I will determine to always trust the Lord. And always put my hope in Him. A great framework, isn't it, for life as we persevere through our challenges. The great Gordon Fee puts it this way. Love has a tenacity in the present, buoyed by its absolute confidence in the future, that enables it to live in every kind of circumstance and to continually pour itself out in behalf of others. Whatever your current circumstances, whatever your fears, whatever your challenges, whatever your anxieties may be today, Jesus looks at you and he loves you. He loves you. And so he, therefore, is patient with you. He's kind to you. He'll never dishonor you. He won't keep a record of your wrongs. Praise God. And in his relationship with you, Jesus will always protect. He'll always trust. He'll always hope. He'll always persevere. And what he wants to build into your life is this rich foundation of love that will enable you to thrive, to flourish, to be content. And to be secure, rooted and established in the love of Christ. Let's pray. God, our Father, we thank you for this work of love that you long to do in our lives. Your desire, your heart's desire because of your love for us to set us free from those things that we attach ourselves to. A love that is always patient, always kind, always those, those wonderful things and never the things that so often are evident in our lives. But Lord, we thank you that you plant that seed of love in our hearts and you water it that it might grow and bear fruit. So help us, Lord, as we go into this new week 
in the relationships that we have with our loved ones and with friends, with people that we'll encounter through this week. Help us to be those who walk and act in love in every circumstance. Help us, Holy Spirit, we pray. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.